Welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Candice. And I'm Daniel. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. This helps others find our podcast and get even more information about coping with infertility. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date with our story, you can follow me on Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. Have a great topic for our podcast? Email us at thevanwades at gmail.com. Hey guys, today I have a special treat. I am going to be calling Alexandra Slate, aka Rockabye Maybe on Instagram. Let's give her a call. Hello. Good day, mate. Good day. <laughs> I don't know. What's the greeting in Canada? Australians. <laughs> uh, what? A. It's A. A. Oh, What's A. What's going on, eh? What's going, What's going on, eh? All right. Yeah. Sweet. What's going, eh? Yeah, oh, and bud. I told... Is that bud at the end of every sentence? <laughs> what? Like, oh, hey, bud. How's it going, bud? Oh, bud. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, that's a super Canadian one. Interesting. Yeah, I told Daniel that I was going to be talking to someone from Toronto, and I said it the oh, way y'all you say it. it. Right. I know. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? I'm not doing much. I'm just, uh, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. To talk to you. Recovering from last night. Oh my god! It was um, like my sister works at this restaurant so when we were like we'll have the wine pairing with it they usually bring out like these teeny weeny glasses and the sommelier was like oh here's a bottle of wine for you guys for this first round and just like left it there nice and then like brought out a whole other i was just like oh my god (laughs) this is so much wine and then you feel bad for not drinking the whole bottle (laughs) Exactly, You're like, so you just do. They went through all that trouble to bring me an entire bottle, so I mean, yeah. gotta, yeah. gotta. I, um, I'll be honest, I looked through all the pictures of the food, and I, I couldn't have eaten one thing. <laughs> I, Are you, you're, you're a picky eater? I am a picky person. I mean, I thought, yeah. uh, no, and I moved on to the next picture, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. no, and then I moved on. I would give anything... To be a not picky eater, like Mm -hmm. to really like food. Yeah. But, um, you know what? I mean, there's stuff that I don't, uh, I wouldn't, I'm definitely not picky, but there's definitely stuff that I don't enjoy. Like there were oysters and like I ate one almost cause I just felt bad, but I don't, I don't like oysters. Um, like they are like anything in a shell like that. I'm well, anything that has the consistency it. of snot, right? Yeah, yeah. But like mussels <laughs> and clams, like I, there is no point in eating that for me. I'm like, this tastes horrible. I, I don't want to eat this. I actually had um, fried clams as a kid and liked those. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, I mean, I, I'll eat fried anything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you dip <laughs> anything fry, in like, hot grease, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't care. completely I'll agree. I'm sure that's a delicacy in some countries. Oh, but... I imagine. 
my uh, my father-in-law is Chinese, and he's is like, is he really? Yeah, and he's uh, he's like, well, you know, the Chinese they'll eat anything with legs <laughs> except the table. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so true. Oh my god! He'll just he'll eat anything. I love so him. So thank God I'm not a picky eater because, like, going out for dinner with him would be like terrifying. Yeah. Because he does. He eats like chicken feet, like all that. I oh. I won't I won't eat that stuff. But at least I'm okay watching it. <laughs> oh. In front of me. Oh no. Oh uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not uh, like it's so sad. Little chicken, little chicken salads. I mean, listen, they're dying already, you know, for my nuggets. Yeah. 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 So we might as well feed your your father in law while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. He's making it more sustainable. Yeah, exactly. Let's use the whole (laughs) thing and make it worth it. Oh my gosh, Lord! All right, Alex. Well, yes. I um. We met on Instagram yes. as as I meet like everybody I know these days. Yep. Yep. Um and and really all my friends are on Instagram. I don't really have like real life friends. <laughs> and I, I do have a couple yep. real life friends that live near me, but I met them on Instagram, you see. So Yes. This is how our, both of our lives have uh started going. Well, I just like it. I prefer it, I think. Yeah. I would say it's more like um, like Tinder for the infertile. Exactly. Where you're like, hmm, I see that this is happening to you, and I don't think I want that in my life, so <laughs> we're not going to be friends. Right. <laughs> just I'll just unfollow you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's so much easier than like ghosting someone in real life, like. Yeah. Being like, oh, I can't come over for dinner because I don't know. I don't really have an excuse. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could start by giving a little background. I'm sure everybody knows who you are. And if they don't, then what are they even doing? Seriously. Is what I'm saying. Um, right. I think I know the story of how you and Alex met but how did you and Alex meet oh by the way guys yes her name is also Alex and her husband's name is also Alex yes things get very confusing when I I've started describing something to someone I'm like well I went home and Alex was just exhausted and I think I'm just speaking in the third person <laughs> I just think I'm like the worst kind of oh person oh my gosh um so we met, um, I was 30 and had sort of gotten to the, I, I had gone through already the like fear of like being like, I'm never going to find anyone. And, and I'd given that up and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really care anymore. Um, which is what everybody says, right? Like stop yeah. looking and, and you'll find it or <laughs> stop trying and it'll yeah. happen. Um, like the worst thing that everyone tells you to do. Um, <laughs> but I was at this club and I was there late with friends and, you know, we'd had a, a few drinks and it was getting near the end of the night. And I was like, you know what? This really sucks. Like there's no cute guys here. And this night was like a total bust. And then I was like, actually that guy's pretty cute over there. <laughs> 
And so... He'll do. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, no, I'm going to suss this one out. I've had enough drinks. He's starting to look pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. He's, uh, he can't hear this. No, uh, Alex is a sweet guy. He is. He's wonderful. He's a cutie. Um, but I walked over, and I just tapped him on the shoulder and basically was like, hey, what's your name? <laughs> Like, no, I had no, there was nothing that I had for after he answered that. Like, I had nothing in my back pocket to say. Um, And thank God he answered that his name was Alex, because then I was like, (laughs) me too. So Same. uh, Yeah. So it was like the biggest conversation starter of being like, hey, we have the same name. Alex's are awesome. Like, so funny meeting you here. Um, And... You know, we, I think it was probably near last call. We probably got one more drink and hung out and danced on the dance floor because I had friends who were, you know, playing a show that night and playing rock covers. We danced and then, you know, there might have been a little, a little canoodling. Ooh, canoods on the first date. Well, it wasn't even real. It really wasn't even the first date. It wasn't a date. I only knew his name, but it was my name, so yeah. I feel like that's that person is safe. Yeah. Well, let's hope. I mean. Yeah. I mean, and now it's been eight years, so I think I, I think I figured it out. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of how we met, and then he, you know he called me a couple of days later, and we booked a date, and um, I actually canceled that date on him. <laughs> because oh. I had a I had a more fun party to go to. And oh. I was like, oh, I can't make it. Um, but we rebooked and we met, and I just remember being like, I I hope this guy's as cute as I remember him being. Uh. <laughs> and he was. So it it just sort of went from there, and um, I, it was like right before Tinder started, and I'm so glad I didn't have to do that. Thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to do that either. Yeah. I mean, I feel so sad for people who have to do that because it's just like, it seems like the worst. I'm not sure I would have been, I don't know if I would have been into that. I don't know. Yeah. I I did some online dating, like on Plenty of Fish and stuff. Mm -hmm. Met a couple of nice people, but obviously nothing ever ever worked out with it, so... I hate, I hated, <laughs> I hate dating. <laughs> I hated, <laughs> I, as a married woman, it sucks. It's no, terrible. I hated it, like, back in the day. I just, I found it boring. I could tell within the first two seconds if I would like a guy or not. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of stuck um, yep. with them for the rest of the date. Um, well, see, my trick was always, you, you do a weeknight drink. Um, so yeah. I could always get out of it. See, I'm, I was like, oh, it's we're getting real late. <laughs> it's like 8 p.m. Yeah. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah. See, that's how bad at it I was. Um, yeah. So thank God I found Daniel, and and I don't have to do that again. Hopefully, I mean, he better yeah. not like leave me or something, and then make me go back out into the dating world. God. Oh, wouldn't that be uh, yeah. the worst thing ever? I would just like, you know, Lorena Bobbitt cut his penis off and go to jail, and because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing that again. And then you'd be the only one 
that would want to be with him still. Right. <laughs> it's me or no one. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to be having any fun without me. And if we ever have to do IVF again, you're getting Tessie done. Because you've got no penis. Oh, man. Oh. oh, God. Yeah, I don't mean that. But seriously, Daniel, you're listening. Yeah. Watch out. Um, yeah, so cool. That's a cool story. Um, yeah. And you guys got married how soon after you met? A very long time. Really? Um, yes, because we only got married in December of Wait, last year. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. So we we sort of did everything weirdly backwards, um, but we we ended up buying a house before we got married because yeah. that was the most important thing for us. Was we were like we need to have a house because in Toronto, like buying a house is very expensive. Yeah. So we did that, and then we were like, well, <laughs> now we live in a house together, so yeah. we don't really have to get married. Um, and then we just sort of didn't do it for a long time and then infertility stuff started happening so then that became you know the priority yeah instead of thinking about a wedding but then infertility stuff went on so long that I was like maybe we should think about that wedding so that something (laughs) good can happen in our lives right so did you guys get um did you start trying um or did you just like get pregnant and then realize that like how did how did you figure out you were going to deal with infertility yeah um so we I like stopped taking the pill um you know the devil of yeah all it things. is it is the devil it's, it's the worst yeah um and I'd stopped taking that for a number of months and then finally we sort of had the discussion and we're like maybe we should like actually start trying so we did and um surprisingly got pregnant like right away um and which was really shocking because I was like this is gonna take forever because I I actually was very realistic about it because I knew I was a bit good because I wasn't yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but I was I was older when we started trying, like I, I was 34. And so I was like, this could take a while. Um, and so I was very shocked when we were pregnant right away. Um, but then that ended really soon after probably, you know, a week or two after I started spotting and uh, obviously I wasn't with like a fertility clinic. Like no one was yeah. like checking my beta levels or anything like that with my HCG. And I'm sure at the um, time you weren't thinking about I that either. I, I didn't even know like you tested that in yeah. like a, a quantitative amount. <laughs> I just <laughs> right. was like, Oh, line on stick pregnant. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so we had our, our first loss and then, um, but, uh, you know, I, I heard a lot, a lot about people who'd had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was very sad for me. Um, but at the same time I was very hopeful and thought, you know what, lots of people have this, no big deal. Second time, obviously it's going to work. Um, and then it, it did. And we got pregnant 
within a couple of months again when we started trying again we we sort of left a couple of months because I think emotionally I needed a bit of time um and then we we got pregnant again um and then I miscarried again but a bit later so um so I was really just thinking everything was going to be fine um even had I even had our first appointment with our midwife and um then had to go there and they did an ultrasound and found because I'd started spotting again and they found out that there was no heartbeat so that was sort of devastating yeah um yeah because that was really like the second time it happened I was like oh I've never heard of someone having this happen right (laughs) because I'd heard of the one miscarriage but two and then was they go like, on to have healthy, like five healthy kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So for me, it was, what, what is this now? Like, what, what am I? Like, what do I do? Who do I even talk to? Right. Um. And, you know, I'd heard some people say, you know, you have to have had three miscarriages to go to a fertility clinic, which was a, a big lie. Mm-hmm. Um at least for Canada. Um, so I finally got into a fertility clinic and went and just wasn't, you know, of course, then we go to a fertility clinic and, uh, they, as soon as they start monitoring me, I can't get pregnant. (laughs) So I do all these, all these, you know, unmedicated natural cycles for them to just monitor everything to know when I ovulate and then give me progesterone and all that sort of stuff. So I do all these natural cycles because I was getting pregnant naturally right um and then I and then I wasn't <laughs> that's so just add in the new mystery yeah um so then it was another year before I had an I had a chemical pregnancy um and was that a medicated like, cycle it was not so I still had like I hadn't progressed in my mind to doing a medicated cycle I just I was so convinced that I could just get pregnant still. Like, I was just like, but I've done it. Like, I've, I've, I've done it. I, I can yeah. do it again. And then right around the time that I that we were hitting that year mark, I was like, okay, we should, like, move on to something else. And then I had that chemical. So it sort of reset in my mind, like, see? We, see? It's still working. Right. But not, but not really working. Um. And then again, we did sort of a year of just waiting. Like I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready for IVF. I don't, I don't know if we need this. Like we had that, like I just kept feeling hopeful. And then, so a year after that chemical, we did our first IVF. Yeah. Um, and even with that, we did, um, we did our, our IVF round and I've, froze everything because there was thoughts of us pgs testing um but then we only ended up with two embryos so um i didn't i guess at the time i was just like this isn't cost effective right (laughs) it's not cost effective and like i i don't want to get rid of two embryos if they have maybe a, a little something wrong with them i you know i i I don't know. I was very, it was a very emotional thing. Absolutely. When, when you don't have as much as you were hoping. Yeah. And 
then you're testing them knowing that those tests aren't a hundred percent. Right. Um, and being like, they could just throw out a good embryo by accident. Yeah. You know, I wonder um, how many embryos are discarded because of that. I mean, I wonder too. I know that the, out of the nine we sent, um, from our second and third round, um, four of them were abnormal, but they were like severely abnormal. They were like missing chromosomes and had duplicate chromosomes. And, um, of course those are placental cells. So does that mean the placenta, there's something wrong with the placenta, but the baby would have been fine. Like you just, I know, don't know. It's such a new, I mean, it, even though it's been around for a number of years, it's still very new. Right that test so um it's just it's hard to know what the right thing to do is in those moments um and then especially when you're playing with emotions attached to all of this science right and did uh, part of you think that well I only have two so mm -hmm. I'm scared to do a transfer because then if it doesn't work then I'll have one Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like that's how oh, that, that's how that's, I thought. Oh, that's exactly my thought. And my other thought, because I'd had so much loss, like so many miscarriages, I was like, one of these I, I there's a possibility I may have to use a surrogate. Right. And I was like, What am I gonna do? I, I don't wanna do a whole other IVF round if I have to use a surrogate. Maybe we should just save these for if we need a surrogate. And then try an IUI. Yeah. Because I've never done an IUI. Is surrogacy in Canada really expensive like it is in the States? Surprise. Okay. So in Canada, you're actually not allowed to charge for surrogacy. Really? However, it still ends up being like abnormally expensive because you do have to pay, um, I mean, for legal fees, for um, um, all kinds of different stuff. Like if somebody has to go on bed rest, yeah, you have to pay. Like you have to pay all those types and their of medical appointments and stuff. And medical, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're still paying quite a bit out of pocket. I think they say the average cost of having a surrogate in Canada is somewhere between forty and eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, that sounds about right, except for, I think, the top. For you, you, that'd be a steal. Yeah. For us, it's like, um, I think it's like 70 to 100,000. But actually, in the, I think in the state of South Carolina, um, maybe it's not legal yet. Yeah. Um, There are some states where it's not actually legal. But, um,. Which, to me, is the weirdest thing. That's, it is. I, I guess it's just really <laughs> weird. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we've come so far um, in legalizing things, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> yes, but then, but then so much regression, too. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, One step forward, two steps back. Yeah, I remember a year or so ago... We were actually a year and a half ago when we were in the middle of our treatments. 
um, there was like a hearing or some kind of legislative hearing where they were meeting to um, pass a bill where abortion was illegal. Right. And the language that was used in that bill was also going to cover IVF because their their um, stance on it was that the embryos cannot give their consent to be put in the uterus. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, very, very weird. <laughs> um, Do we have to get like tiny little pens? I know. Um, so then what do we do with them? We can make babies, but we can't actually like carry them. So, but, um, I guess it got tabled, um, because the main issue that it didn't get passed was the fact that the bill, again, the language, the language was such that if someone needed a medical like intervention, they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Basically, oh, if if right. it was their life or the baby's life, they could not basically do anything. Oh so um, there was a lot of people speaking out about that, and um, it kind of got tabled for a while. So that's right. good. Yeah, and so it should. Yeah. <laughs> tabled um, forever. Tabled forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not about being like oops I got pregnant you know like yeah, and no. that kind of thing but um but I mean if someone does yeah I can give them my phone number right they can just give me that baby <laughs> exactly right <laughs> oh god don't uh, don't drown it don't put it in a box I listened to this weird god, sword and scale I mean, I I was just kind of like so bored at work today. I was listening to Sword and Scale, the podcast. Okay. And um this episode came on about women killing their children and I I just like I guess I was like looking at Pinterest and stuff that I wasn't really even paying attention. But this one lady put her baby in a microwave. And I was just like, what am I listening to? What oh is my this? God. Yeah, it was, um, wow. I, I, I couldn't even, like, I there just. There were just so many other options, like, I, I like. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for killing your baby. Yeah, but, but <laughs> like. Like, there are other options to just get rid of the right. baby so that it's not near you. Right, exactly. It's a pretty simple thing. Yeah. You don't have to cook it like a baked potato. Oh, my God. Oh. That's. Lord. Shocking. I know. Wow. Yeah, yeah and that'll the, pop you right out of like just scrolling through. No, yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, what is this? He goes, and this is how it sounded. And he like, like closed the microwave and put it on two minutes. And it was like, <sighs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I got to get out of here. Oh my I can't God. listen to this. I can't oh imagine God. a baby like rotating in a microwave oh right God. now. No. It made no. my skin crawl. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's doing to me right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So oh, did you, I know that um, I, you and I have like discussed anxiety quite a lot in mm-hmm. our DMs and things. Um, have you experienced anxiety your whole life? Is that something that's like hardwired into you or is it something that was born of infertility? So... I've 
definitely been an anxious person for most of my life. Um, but I would say infertility is like, it just turns the volume up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been anxious. I, I was on, I've been on, you know, medication for anxiety as a person before infertility and then was able to go off of it before I got pregnant. Um, and, um, you know, but with infertility comes this pile of anxiety. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I've definitely experienced it for a lot of my life. Um, and at different times of my life, it's been worse than others. And sometimes it's non-existent and at other times it's like turned up to the maximum, mm-hmm. um, where things become really difficult to even do anything. Yeah. So I have to say, has I has definitely done that. I really like empathize. I, I, Mm-hmm. You know, studying psychology and things, like, I could definitely identify with depression. Um, yeah. But learning about anxiety and how it works in the brain, I always felt like, God, that would be terrible to have, mm-hmm. you know, fear and panic and anxiety and all the things that come in that little package And then when I experienced it, I think, you know, mine was largely situational, but I think that, um, I was like, this is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And I just cannot imagine having to live like that. How do you, how did you cope with it when you were able to get off medication? So the interesting thing was when I, when I got off of my medication, everything was fine because I wasn't really coping with anything uh, really intense in my life at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to sort of come off of it and, and deal and like be really okay. Um, but the thing with what I find with anxiety is that once it sort of gets set off sometimes, it can be really hard to bring that down. Um, and then if, if that sort of continues and continues, then that can also become depression. Um, because being that anxious and being like, oh my God, I can't, I can't function and I can't do stuff. And like, why am I like this? And why, why can't I just be normal? And why do I have to feel this way? And that sort of creates this, just this dialogue in your mind of like, there's reasons for me to be super depressed and like, there's reasons like, you know, it just, you, you tell yourself all of these things. Um, so it really does sort of kick off with anxiety and then often can lead to, to really deep depression for some people. Yeah, they're definitely, and for me, I definitely have gone down that, gone down that road a lot, um, dealing with, with infertility. Yeah. Do you feel like it was cyclical where, it would just like each time you would have a miscarriage, you would kind of, I guess, go into a depression or did you feel like it was just everything about it, like trying and then failing? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we're worse than others. Um, 
And I think sometimes it just sort of depended on where my headspace was with other things as well. Um, but definitely for me, sort of the, the later the loss was and the more like I sort of worked through some of my anxieties because early pregnancy is very anxiety provoking yeah. for me. So mm-hmm. I'd sort of work my way through all this anxiety and be getting to the other side of it. And then it would be like, Oh, I'm having another miscarriage. And then that would like just set it all off again. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. Um, even with, you know, doing just natural cycles and being disappointed over and over and over again, would get really hard um and like hard on your relationship and hard on you mentally mm-hmm. like sort of everything is it's all encompassing um but yeah I found really for me <laughs> a lot I would say the anxiety with not getting pregnant and then the anxiety in early pregnancy are my absolute worst yeah and I would say they're they sort of run hand in hand Now, I know that some, like, I've talked to people that have had chronic anxiety their whole life, and they're, like, on medication and things, and they they say, now, I know it's irrational. Like, I know this Mm -hmm. feeling is irrational, and it's like I can't control it, but with infertility, it's not irrational to think that you're going to have another miscarriage because you have been crept on so many yep. times and and yeah. it's like it's like muscle memory mm-hmm. your body is like telling you well I can't go any further than that like I can't right. give you any more than that and so it is a rational anxiety which is probably why it's worse <laughs> yes it's it, it is so much more why it's worse because you can't sort of say to yourself oh like I need to calm down. Yeah. Like everything's going to be fine. It, you can't do that for me. It's, you know, even now it's 100% of my pregnancies have ended. Mm -hmm. So my rate of failure is 100%. So I, it's very hard to combat anxiety within that. Um, because you look at your evidence and you're like, well, this is shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's very difficult. Um, but I, it, for me, some of my coping in those times is to almost like forget, try to forget that I'm pregnant because it's like kind of the only way I can get through it. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree. Whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think whatever works for those small periods of time, whether it's, you know, what works for you um, when you're not able to get pregnant or it works for you while you're pregnant, you know, it's just finding the things that work. Because I think for everybody, it's something different. There are obviously specific things that are helpful and proven to be helpful, but everyone's got their own thing. Yeah. Like spin class. Spin class, for sure. (laughs) You know me so well. Um, Yeah, I mean, for sure. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. (laughs) See, but it's it's probably not your thing. It's, yeah. Um, It's a no from me. 
but for sure, exercise is one of those things that is a proven um, helper with anxiety because you're you're burning sort of that energy that's like just going on in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can burn some of that energy and you can do it through usually more of a cardio type exercise than anything else, um, that is generally pretty helpful with anxiety and just bringing that level down. Yeah, that's good. I've had people write me and be like, you know, you said you struggled with anxiety, like, you know, how, how did you get through it? And my answer really is, I have no idea. Like, I, I just kept myself busy. I have no idea. I really don't. Yeah. Cannot advise. I mean, distraction and keeping busy is a huge thing. Um, Because when I'm, when I'm not anxious, I love my alone time and I love being at home and relaxing. But when I'm anxious, that seems like the, like torturous to me. Yeah. Um, so I almost have to just distract myself with like, go out with a friend who talks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So you can sit there and be like, God, they talk a lot. Yeah. Just, you have to be like, throw yourself into something and like get out of that headspace. Oh yeah. Um, Because you're just spiraling. Yes. You're, You're just spiraling. And if you can just stop that a little bit for a little bit of time and like back yourself up even a small bit, you can sort of see the other side and be like, Oh, I don't have to be so anxious right now. I can sort of simmer around two or three instead of being at 10. Right. So I, I definitely find that like getting out and being with people and doing stuff, uh, which feels horrible. Like when you think about doing it, you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything because I feel so anxious. Yeah. But then when you actually do it, you're like, huh, I haven't felt anxious in a few minutes or this whole night. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it becomes different. You know, it's so funny. I'm getting a call on my other line from, um, the blood donation clinic, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I don't think they want me. (laughs) Like, look, my my veins are, like, bled dry. I have no blood for you, people. No blood. I have no blood. Which is sad, because I'm I'm actually O negative. I'm a wonderful blood donor. Oh. But I give too much blood for tests that I I don't even think they want me. Yeah. I would just die on their table. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, I have no blood left. You guys can try. I've had 20 blood tests this week. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I have not had 20 blood tests this week. Yeah, Um, I always see you. Well, I mean, you've given up Starbucks at this point. So, but usually you're out and about walking dogs and um, checking on cats. Yes. And usually. Um, despite me not liking cats, I do a really great cat impression. That's pretty, that, yeah. Was that a hiss? Yeah, it was a hiss. Yeah, you can only do an angry cat because that's probably what you think of them. That's, that's the only way I communicate with cats. Like if I see one, I'll go, so they'll run away. <laughs> I just, I never used to hate cats until I lived with people that had cats. Right. 
Um, and like it sounds like they were bad ones. And they were just like not clean people. Oh, oh yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of cat people. Like your house is like spotless, but there's a lot of cat people out there that think yeah. just because I don't know what they think, but they're just dirty people. Yeah. They're like, no, oh, this is true. fine. This is fine. I've been to like a cat house that has one cat and it smells horrible. Oh. And then I've been to a house that has five cats and it smells like roses. Okay, so, so it definitely depends on the people. I ba- I used to work for a babysitting service back when I was like in my twenties. Yeah. And um, this this totally like gets to anxiety. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is totally we're gonna, we're gonna get back there like somehow. yeah, we're going to get back there and this is how we get there. <laughs> I had to babysit for these people and they had six cats. Wow. In like this you know, it was like a three bedroom house, but they had six cats, each of them had a water bowl and a and a food bowl. That just seems unnecessary. And and they just were like lined up in the kitchen like 12 of them and I was just like oh my god and I had I was running late when I went over to their house so I picked up Wendy's and um I I had Wendy's today did you really I did did you have a frosty I did (laughs) you bet you know what's so funny I went in there I'm sorry to cut you off no go ahead I went in there I had these like free frosty like little little like coupons Mm. but apparently they were only for like one location but I didn't realize it until I'd already ordered it and then I handed the thing to the girl and she was like oh yeah this is valid and like poured the frosty and then someone else looked at it and she was like yeah but it's not for this location and I was like well what are you gonna do with that poured frosty (laughs) (laughs) and she was like I'm gonna give it to you (laughs) and I was like damn right (laughs) oh I have not had anyway. a frosty in a coon's age. They're yeah. Not that good. So I um, wasn't that good. So I pick up Wendy's. I get to their house. I'm like eating, and I notice, like I just look down at my shirt, and I had cat hair all <laughs> over my shirt, and I hadn't done anything but walked in the door and <laughs> sat down at the table, and I was like. Uh, screw cat. this I was like I was so <laughs> pissed I I threw away all my food and and I have I do have <laughs> yeah yeah and then I burned my clothes when I got home <laughs> I just uh, like I was just like so cats oh they're so horrible yeah so oh my um God. cats yeah cats yeah yeah. Cats. How does this get back to anxiety? Um, cats give me anxiety. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there it is. See how I did, did a U-turn there and I wrapped it up nicely. <laughs> um, did. No, but I do. Like, I have food anxiety. I, I This is like, yeah. I never realized it was actually a thing until I was an adult. But I get so anxious if someone else has cooked dinner and I'm like um like did they wash their hands when they cooked this like mm. I mean I don't think this way when I go through fast food uh like drive throughs which is right really psychotic but I get really bad food anxiety when someone else right. I know has prepared yep. food at their yep. house 
that's interesting. I think my mom is a lot like that, actually. Yeah, so, it's very strange. Um, I, I think it's very common, though. Is like, it? I don't think I don't think it's a weird thing. I think it's probably more common than you think, and people just don't talk about it. Yeah. Except for because, me, because like, like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not super anxious about food stuff like that. But every once in a while, when I'm, I like don't know what they're making, I get a little. Oh bit yeah, worried. that's the worst when they're like, right? "Do you guys want to come over for dinner?" And you're like, "Um, <laughs> what are you? Should I, on the menu? should I pick up barbecue on my way?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, and you must deal with that. Being oh, a picky eater. Oh my God. When I, when I lived in England, um, I lived with my mother-in-law for a little bit with Daniel, but Daniel was like, okay, she only eats white meat chicken. (laughs) He had to like tell her, um, I didn't tell him to tell her this, but she was so respectful. Like she knows how weird I am now. She knows that, um, you know, cause the English, they eat like once a day. And then they have tea, like, four times a day. Right. So, um, she knows, like, Candace has to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner because she's an American. And if she doesn't eat, she's going to turn into a crazy person. So, the people that know me know that I'm like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, generally, I get really, really worried. (laughs) I, I feel get like really, that's fair. I, I mean, get really scared. I mean, you're speaking to a highly anxious person, yeah. so maybe I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's Everyone not normal like, at all. What are these two talking about? I know. This is so abnormal. It is. It is abnormal. <laughs> I, I know that it is, but it's right. just like I'm scared. I, I don't know. It's just so weird, and the more aware I become of food and and what's in food these days I'm just like even more anxious about everything Um, and has has pregnancy made that more like more prominent you know what's really weird it's kind of the opposite really in my first trimester I was on a steroid um and I was just kind of like eating everything that I could get my hands on and um I even told Daniel once that I, I can't remember what I was eating, but I usually pick apart things because I'm a freak right. like that. And yeah. I didn't, I just sure like, yeah, exactly. I didn't, I just like ate it, like just <laughs> ate it. <laughs> and he was like, who are you? <laughs> I'm hungry. I know. And I was just like, give me food. I was eating like several meals a day. It was ridiculous. That steroid. Oh my god. That is so funny. Tell Were you what? on a low dose? Low no. dose steroid. I mean, on a high, like a higher dose. I was on twenty milligrams a day initially, which is a pretty right. high dose. Yeah, that's pretty high. Yeah. And then um, my blood work came back that it showed some inflammation, so they upped it to forty milligrams a day. And that's when things got really out of control. Yeah. Um, those, those steroids, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll change you. It turned me into a different they, they person, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. The Michelin man. Absolutely. I wonder for if sure. that contributed to some anxiety for you, too. Um, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I, think, I think steroids can cause a bit more, like, insomnia, anxiety, 
like that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, I really couldn't sleep. I really felt out of control. And that's not something that I've ever really dealt with before. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a strange time, I think, um, because everything with fertility and early pregnancy is totally out of your control. Oh, yeah. And even for me, sort of feeling new symptoms was like all I was doing was spotting would spot new symptoms. Yeah. And be like, oh, this this was a weird feeling. Is this supposed to be happening? Is this okay? Like, is this going to make me feel any different? Like, I would just I would just spiral. And I do that, you know, with other things as well. Um, but pregnancy and infertility and, and are by far the worst things to do that with because you really have zero control. Absolutely. And I feel like even if you don't struggle with anxiety normally, this process is all about waiting and it's all about baby steps to the next uh, appointment which is in two days well then that appointment was a WTF appointment so then you have a baseline in three weeks and then you're counting down the days for that and it's all about these like stupid little milestones that you'll forget about (laughs) In the grand yeah. scheme of things, you won't even remember. And it's just like it's all waiting and it's just anxious all the time. It is. it is. And even when you're not, you kind of are just resonating there, right? Like there's always like this little yeah. bit. Even when you're like, I feel pretty good. <laughs> you're like, yeah, but. It's like a backpack. All that yeah, that, you're that... still like wearing this like heavy set of weights that you're still carrying around and it's just like still there yeah and it just doesn't it doesn't subside right so to recap if others are struggling with anxiety whether it's situational or whether it's something they regularly deal with keep yourself busy yeah get out yeah go sit with a friend who talks too much (laughs) absolutely I mean, you could call one of us. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn on one of our podcasts <laughs> and right. act like you're exactly. sitting. Just answer back. Yeah. You know? Just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think even a couple, uh, just a couple other suggestions for people. Um, therapy. like Therapy. Really, really helpful if you can find that in your area, especially... If you're in, um, you know, a, a place that has fertility or infertility specific therapists, that's really helpful because then you don't have to explain everything that you're going through. They just kind of get it. Yeah. Um, you were, I think you'd said at some point that journaling was really helpful for you too. Yeah. I think, um, I would write a list of things down that I was worried or anxious about. And then I would kind of look at the sentence and be like, okay, well, I would just like take each sentence as it was and be like, okay. And the first sentence would be, I'm worried that I'll miscarry. And so I would be like, okay, that's a valid worry. Like I would validate myself. Yeah. And then I would try and think, Whatever I'm doing now 
is not going to cause me to miscarry right? or not miscarry. So mm-hmm. it's really out of my control. So today I'm pregnant and, you know, I, I just can't get ahead of myself. Right. And so I would do that with little things that I had. If you're dealing with anxiety just in general and you're thinking, you know, I know this is like kind of catastrophizing, but it's like I'm scared my parents are going to die or I'm scared my husband's mm-hmm. going to die because I do, I also think that way too sometimes. You know, you hear the, about these women who are like, yeah, my husband got in a car accident on the way to work. And so I'm just like, I'm scared I'm going to lose Daniel, you know, and right. it, that's yep. a valid worry. That's a, a valid yep. worry, but there's nothing really to make me feel like that will happen, you know? Exactly. So yeah. it's... And, and definitely, you're right, like sometimes seeing those thoughts just written out, you're like, okay, like that's a valid worry, but... I don't have to let this consume me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I think that journaling and therapy and like talking to people about that sort of stuff is really helpful. Yeah. Especially um, like even, talking even to you. Even if the stuff that you're thinking sounds, yeah, yeah. This, even if the stuff sounds like crazy coming out of your mouth, often people will be understanding. Yeah. And I think that. And we'll get it. Reaching out to you because I knew that you had dealt with anxiety a lot and I didn't mm-hmm. really, I don't think in the beginning I told you why I was so anxious. I, I eventually right. did tell you, but yeah. I think that just kind of talking to you and just kind of telling you how I was feeling mm-hmm. was therapy for me. And you did right. help me with like some of the coping as well. But I think yeah. just like telling someone your concerns and telling someone the, the way you feel is like huge because it's like you're releasing it. It's like you're For getting sure. it out of your head. Yeah, because I think that some like additional anxiety comes from being worried about people knowing about your anxiety. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it too. Is yeah. to be like, I don't want to be like, I don't want people to think I'm weird or. Like, you know, for me, I have, I've had panic attacks and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to have a panic attack in front of someone because then they're going to think I'm weird and nobody thinks you're weird. They just feel bad. Yeah. They just (laughs) don't know how to help you. Yeah. Something for you. Exactly. Um, And I think that partners too, like Daniel was just like, I've never seen you like this. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to help you. And then at times he would be like, you know, everything's going to be fine. Every, you know, this is it. This is it for us. And that didn't help. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Because you, you want to feel validated. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. You want to feel like the things that you're worrying about are things that you should or can be worrying about. But like, you know, have someone to be like, I understand that you're feeling this way. But let's figure out a way to, you know, help you not feel so much that way. Yeah. Let's go to Target. Yeah. That helps. Man, you know what the worst thing about Canada is? That there's no Target. Target. And the worst thing is that there was Target. I heard about that. For a couple of years, and then they took that shit away. You know what? Someone wrote me. It was like giving you like a taste of like, here's a little bit of heroin. Do you want to come back for more? And now I'm like, what do I do? I need, I need my fix. But did you like it? 
I, I loved it. Okay, so I've heard that Canadians didn't like Target and that it didn't survive in Canada because here's, Canadians didn't like it. So here's what I think the problem was, is that, number one, they opened up way too many Targets. Like, they just exploded. What? Is that even a thing? Too many well, Targets? Well, they opened too many at once, and then they couldn't keep up. Ah. Uh. So they couldn't keep up with stock. So some Targets would be emptier than others, and it just wasn't like a regular Target because they just weren't able to stock it. Um, and then the pricing, because they were doing an exchange rate on everything, I think was not quite as cheap seeming. So people were just like, this is bull. Like, this is an American Target. And it's like, no shit, it's Canadian Target. <laughs> That'll you, be 50 expect? Canadian dollars, please. <laughs> For this t-shirt that's on sale. <laughs> um, but I really liked it. I, I was like, you know they'll get there with the sale stuff and like they'll get more stuff in, but then they just never did. And so they just started failing because they weren't able to stock everything. They weren't able to offer the deals that, you know, you guys get. And so people just started not going. And I think it was because there was too many locations. Mm. I think if they started smaller and like build up, it would have gone a lot better. Listen to me. I'm like, like I know how to run target. (laughs) I am impressed by your business acumen right now. (laughs) Your strategy. Listen up, Target. Yeah, I should have gone in. I should have consulted them on this. Yeah, you should have. I'm sorry Uh, that you don't have Target. Do you ever, like, I know you go, you cross over the border to go to Trader Joe's. Do you ever? I do. Is there a Target around? Yes. It's, like, next to the Trader Joe's. Oh, God bless. There's, like, a Target and a Trader Joe's, and then there's, like, a Nordstrom Rack, which we we have Nordstrom Rack here, so that's not, like, a huge thing, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's good. I hit all that stuff. I hit some of the the grocery stores like in Buffalo because we're that's where we drive into how far is that from you it's like two hours okay that's not bad so we're like Toronto's pretty close to the border yeah um so we can like I can drive to Buffalo and back in a day easily um but then the border people think I'm crazy because they're like (laughs) you spent a hundred dollars in groceries and you came all the way here and I'm like yeah and all you like, bought was perfect bars, ma'am. <laughs> all you bought were like... We're going to have to inspect those perfect bars. <laughs> <laughs> you just bought polar seltzer? Come on, lady. <laughs> I don't buy it. This is a trick. <laughs> uh, or I could... You know, you know what's a really funny thing in Canada? When you guys have La Croix, we call it La Croix. La Croix, yeah. Because it's... Because that's how it's French. It's a French word. (laughs) And so we say it like the right way. Yeah. Except that I I think the makers of LaCroix call it LaCroix. So I think I'm in the wrong. Oh, they don't know. You know, it's really really cute up here. Everybody's like, La Croix, La Croix. Oh, I love that La Croix. (laughs) Yeah, very funny. Do you like La Croix? I do. You know, I found... um, that there are different flavors of it, like, throughout the U.S. Yeah. In, like, different places. And there's a cola flavor. What? 
Yeah. But not sweet. But not sweet. And it's How wonderful. strange might that taste? And it's, I've had it. It's very good. Hmm. It's, uh, it's one of my favorites. It's like, if you need to like quit drinking Coke, it's, it's a, it's a good. Like a transition. Yeah. It's a good transition. Interesting. I like the coconut one. Um, yeah, a lot of people dislike the coconut really? one. It gets a lot of flack. Really? Yeah. I like that it does. one. I think like even on the internet, it gets a lot of flack. Oh my goodness. People are like, who made this coconut <laughs> flavor? So I, I really like the coconut flavor to mix with juices. Yeah, it's like coconutty, but you're wanting that sweetness. So I can understand. Maybe it feels like there's something missing. Yeah. But I, I like it. it I, I'm just, I like it. I like the coconut, too. I'm not a huge carbonated beverage person. Right. Um, and then our house goes through them like like it actually is water. Really? It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. With bubbles. We go through it like water. Who knew? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think I've taken up a lot of your time. Um, by my... I'm fine with that. Timer. <laughs> it looks like I've taken up an hour and 15 minutes of your time. But thank I you... I figured this would happen. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I, I couldn't have thought of anybody that I would have wanted more on the episode so thanks thanks Thank a you. bundle and i feel so honored oh and i feel honored that you I made time for us yeah. um i i really hope Absolutely. that this episode helps people because i know that like we were talking about some of the anxiety is really situational in infertility and maybe some people who are just starting to try to have a baby are entering this new mm-hmm. world like we did at one point where you're like, yep. like entering this cycle of like what's going on why isn't it happening being anxious right. so I hope this helps people out there anxiety virgins and veterans yep. alike yeah me too um and I hope everybody knows that I'm always available for anxiety talk or yes. suggestions tell and- us how we can find you you can find me on Instagram at Rockabye Maybe. Rockabye not, Maybe. Not, not Rockabye. Rockabye. <laughs> that was a little. Uh, who um, sings that song? Who sings which? that? Who sings that song? You know, it's a weird song, and it's like he's talking the whole song, and then he's like, "Everything's gonna be all right." Oh, oh. <laughs> Sean Mullins. Oh my gosh. Is it Sean Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called Rockabye. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at Rockabye, maybe. I should. That should be my song. Yeah, it should be. Thank you so much, Alexandra Slate. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your your anxiety expertise. I mean, I'd love to not have anxiety, but I'm really glad I can help other yeah. people out with it. Thank you.